Now we talking here, follow leader, your boy here with all the news, man. We're going to talk some playoffs. We're going to talk some football. We're going to talk, talk some things, man. You know, I'm always on some things. And what's up to all my leaders tuning into your boy, Leader Johnson. Follow the leader. Follow me on Twitter. My Twitter is writerleader247. My Instagram is writerleader Johnson. So holler at me, man. Listen, I want to get to some things. I want to really, really get to some things. Before we get all the way there, man, I just want to say that the playoffs is crazy. Crazy. It's um looking at the Bucks. I told y'all too. I now, the crazy part was that people should recognize that there's no way in two hells, there's two hells, two hells, that it was over when Boston came up. I think everybody was waiting for that because they've been hyped up since last year. Everybody all up on these boys, all these cats, all of Boston. Jason Tatum, they did all that to the Sixers without. And I told y'all the reason why that happened. I'm not going to get into that because there was a whole nother podcast. I mean, it should have been a surprise. I'm no surprise that Boston couldn't make that move. They had all the necessary tools to develop themselves to make that move on Philly. And Philly had all the necessary tools to make sure that they couldn't have a collapse. Which they did. Um, the Bucks, you know, you look at uh, Guinness, you look at Anacumpo, the Greek freak, and he's a beast. And, you know, you use all your weapons. Eric Besso played a good balanced game. You still got guys like Besso and, I mean, Lopez in there. You still got Meritage. You still got all your pieces. Middleton having a big game. So they got people to deal with, too, just like you got people to deal with on Boston. I didn't think that for one second that was, like, going to be something. You know, it's, it's not not one second that I think that 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 was going to be something hard. You know what I mean? Like that was that wasn't going to happen. I mean, this is going to be a good series. I think this could be a seven game series. But at the same time, I also think that there's a chance. Whatever. See, if Hayward steps up, it makes things a little bit harder because Tatum and, and Hayward were nowhere to be found. So if they step up, it makes things a little bit harder. You know, Hayward and Tatum, if they play the killer games that everybody's accustomed to. If they play the killer games everybody accustomed to, that's a whole nother sequence. All right. Um, and it happened. It happened. Um, and now we go into Boston and the guard, you know, in the garden, basically, the, the new garden. And um, what you have to understand is that That uh, this is now this becomes a win uh, a part of Boston that becomes cool for them. Boston gets a win in, in uh, Milwaukee, and now Milwaukee has to do the same now, and that's what makes it a little hard. Let's see what Boston does now going in, into their home stance. Um, I like Boston doing a lot, but if you don't see Hayward and, and, and Hayward and Tatum, the two guys. Hey, Tatum was uh, really hyped up this year, and it was a time when him and Markel Fultz were shooting the same amount from, from the field, percentage from the field. Nobody talked about Tatum. Nobody had nothing bad to say about Tatum. They rode his way all the way until now. Look where we are. He has been struggling all year. I mean, he was a rookie. For one, he'll have that. He's going to have his time. To, but there's a little bit more pressure now. There's also the surprise factor last year that nobody knew about Tatum that they know now. They got more clips on him. So he has to adjust also now. 
And you look at Hayward coming back. Hayward's the big disappointment. I mean, he's a vet. It's time for him to come up and step up big for Boston to do anything. I mean, Kyrie looks at it now. I mean, the way things are looking there, Kyrie has saw something in this team. He don't think the future is for him in this team. He's trying to be professional. That's it. But I think Kyrie's gone. It just don't. It's too many speculations going on. I mean, where could he go? Could he go to the Nets? I'm pretty sure they'll let Russell fall back to the two guard. If he goes to the Nets, no, it's, no, it's not even if and a but. New York, could he go to New York? Yeah, I mean, nobody is even worth anything. If Kyrie comes to New York, the star power is there. If your name was Dennis Smith Jr., guess what? Your spots took him. Where could he go, though? Where could he go? That's a very big, where could he go? I'm just saying, like, where could he go? So, um, the big thing we all have to, that we all have to recognize is that, I mean, Kyrie is, I guess he's unhappy. It just looks like that. You can always tell a shaky situation. You know what I mean? That's why I say Jimmy Butler, Philadelphia 76 situation is not shaky. I mean, he's being Jimmy. He's talking, you know, he's voicing up and he's playing a good game. He's playing a game. Let's see what happens. I just think that he's staying in Philly because he has such a camaraderie with everybody else. I just think it's, 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 it's evident. And you look at the Golden State Rockets game. Listen, I'm with Max on that one. I'm, I'm watching first take. And you know, Max is like, you know, Steve Day is like, I think it's done. It's over with. And then Max is like, look, he did what he's supposed to do. Win two at home. I rock with that. I rock with that. I think, um, I think Max is, um, he's getting somewhere with that because, I mean, Houston's still an elite team. And then, you know, Stephen A being a smart man, he is what they do. So, you know what? I know on shows that some people disagree with things just to disagree with things and prove to you why there's a relevant fact in a disagreement. When in, in, in all fact that they agree with, with, you know, Max might agree with Stephen A, but he can't just sit there all just like Skip Bayless. It's how good can you make your argument, argument be valid? And one of the things that they had a little uh, dispute in, I know Stephen A. brought up that Iguodala didn't play in that game. You're not going to tell me that the loss of Iguodala relevates Chris Paul. I don't care what you say he did against LeBron James. I don't care what kind of player Iguodala is. The loss of Iguodala is nothing like the loss of a Chris Paul. So if Chris Paul's playing, he's going to be, uh, he's a superstar regardless. I mean, if, if Iggy is there or not, there's no way Iggy's going to change their whole factor He's not going to change the scoreboard because he's not depending on to be a scorer. He's depending on to be a good two-way player, all-around player that knows the schemes. I mean, he's going to score buckets. This is what happens, you know, in basketball. But he's not depending on to be a scorer. He's not uh, Lou Williams off the bench. He's a Godala. And he does a lot of things good, but he doesn't do that great. So you're not going to come to me and say he's an all-around player like Chris Paul and where he can affect the game. So that it don't matter if he would have played or not. That wouldn't have made no difference. Now, one difference the way they was playing. Just like I say about Draymond Green, and, and they were down. Listen, this is unbelievable. They were down three to one, and he's out one game, and Draymond's back the other game. They can't finish out one game, and this is the Super Warriors. You're making too many excuses for a team that's supposed to be elite. Too many excuses. Too many. Too many. Now, when LeBron didn't have Kyrie and Kevin Love, 
That is, that's a significant loss right there. There's no super Cleveland. There's no, nothing at all without one of those guys playing. And when both are out and he still goes to the finals, that's what makes you know that the, the, the dynasty being the Warriors is not, is, is not better than LeBron, the great LeBron James. It's just not. All right. I just put something totally different in there, didn't I? Yeah, that's why. That's why when you know Stephen A. catches Max and he says, um, "We wasn't talking about that." You know, when you get carried away, when you're a smart person, you get to you know regulating type of statements. But anyway, um, yeah, that's that's. I think Houston, where I think they get it, they could and they couldn't. That, that's where I come to come to you know groups with both of them, Stephen A. and and Max Kellerman. Are right and wrong on this. I mean, Kellerman Max says he thinks he thinks it's a seven game series, but I kind of roll with Stephen A. Also, on four games to one, it just looks like this is this is. I don't know. I don't know if Houston's that team to come back from this, and I don't know if they're ready for this team right now. You know, we'll see. But I think they can easily get two games at home. It's just both same thing on that point. Uh, good series, you know, you got Philly coming up soon. Um, we'll talk more about, you know, what Philly needs to do tomorrow on the show. But one thing I wanted to get into was, um, the thing of Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray, uh, and, and, and Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones. I mean, uh, he's the type of guy, Daniel Jones. I mean, I, I always say I don't want to knock him down under the bus. But uh, to a point that was made about a guy who had 52 touchdowns his whole career. And um, you get a guy that had it in one year playing for the Big Ten, playing for Ohio State, playing against big competition, playing for a college football playoff. Like what you have to understand is that He's more than proven that he's an elite quarterback under the the regular circumstances, under the the height the, the the higher circumstances, and um, I just think it's kind of crazy. But he's a not I'm not knocking off, but we're just talking about real sports facts. Like he wasn't looked at as a guy in the top ten, and that's just it. And you're saying, well, I didn't see him, and it's crazy because it's like. To be a coach, you gotta watch what you say because it doesn't sound educate. It doesn't sound like you're educating yourself on how to say things. Because for you to come out your mouth and say he would have been gone before seventeen, he, well, okay, fifteen, fourteen, what? Are you trying to say that if you didn't take him at, at six, somebody would took him at seven, eight, or nine, or ten? No, I don't even have to go down to eleven. Or to you could trade up before you trade down. You can trade up before you settle at six. That's like when you ask Oakland, why did they take Cleveland Pharrell? And people know where his stock was. It wasn't even a lot of people know how good he is. And it was more of a made sense pick because Pharrell played for Clemson. He showed up big. He's been a leader. It's more than the Daniel Jones factor. But he still wasn't a top 10 pick. Do you know what was said? His character, what we were looking for. We know that's the guy we wanted. And they stuck to their guns. They didn't say some stupid mess like he would have been gone when you know as an organization you can make a trade up. It, you, you're trying to say right now that from six, from, 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 okay, six is where you're at, okay. 
And if you're a six pick, that means you're a fifth pick. If you were number six, that means you could have been number five. All right? So seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. You're trying to say one of those teams wanted Daniel Jones. Did the Redskins want Daniel Jones? Can we go with that? If 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 he would the Redskins would have went for Daniel Jones if he would come on man. This is unbelievable the stuff out here. You're gonna say that there were a lot of teams that were before 17 that okay. No, there were a lot of teams that liked him. They wouldn't have drafted him. It's unbelievable. But hey, that's it. When we come back, man, I'm gonna get more to um Sharif Cooper, Brandon Boston. Um and we talk a lot more on some things. I want to talk um, some Villanova. You know, I definitely want to talk about some guys, but Sharif Cooper, Brandon Boston is a big uh, thing we'll talk about today. We'll also talk about um, Brian James Jr. Talk about Zaire Wade and Cayenne Anthony, man. Cayenne, bro. Yo, Cayenne can ball. Yeah, I'm going to get to that, man, when you come back. Y'all stay rolling with me. Follow the leader. Everybody wanna be rich. Everybody wanna be this. It's us who all hate me, bitch. Read my mind. 
Yeah. What's going on, y'all? Backfire leader that's doing things for clout right there. Y'all want to know what it's about? Clout, offset, artist, featuring this girl, Cardi B. Now, back to the basketball, man. Sharif Cooper, Brandon Boston. I mean, I think they're two guys. And Sharif Cooper's talking about reclassifying, which is uh, the 2020 lingo right now. I think people trying to get in these drafts, man. Honestly, I think the draft is big on people now. Can we talk a little more about if Sharif Cooper reclassifies where he would go, it would be Auburn. Because if he goes to Kentucky, it's, it's no way. It's no way. If, I mean, he's not going to go to Kentucky. They're already at the Johnny Juzak. So that would more, more than likely knock him out of that. Unless Cooper, like, okay, he's going to come. And it's crazy because they got, you know, look who they got. They got Quigley over there. Quigley, that's supposed to be, I mean, he's going to transfer. If another, if Cooper comes, Quigley's out of here, man. Like, it's just crazy right now. Baker's already out. He's a guy uh, set to transfer. You know, but, you know, I mean, he's in the transfer portal. They say he's talking about probably going back to, to the West Coast. And this is a guy, I mean, when people commit certain places, they're looking at the brand and the name. They're looking to do something. Cooper is smart, too. A lot more people are getting smart. Kentucky just, just. Just, you know, and, and they're able, and, and because of Kentucky, don't get twisted, they're able to get other players too, like other guys who are not five stars to come there because it's Kentucky. They'll play on the bench for a squad like Kentucky and wait their chance out and, you know, get a chance. But that's 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 the good side of it. The bad side is that it's just five stars that, you know, instead of making you the first all year Kentucky, it's not like that. You know, when you go to Duke, you're going to get some play regardless, and you're going to agree to whatever, but you're going to get some play. You're going to get run. You're going to get your rundown. But Kentucky just, they'll put you in there, and they'll just be like, they still go for about a 1,000 more dogs, man. It's like you're expecting. And, and then it ain't like before when everybody, you know, goes to the draft. Some people are staying like, hey, I still got turns. You look on Kentucky, you still got Baker. You still got Quigley. You know, you still got all those guys still there. Um, you know, two guys that are five stars, highly regarded five stars, you know, ready to get down. Excuse me, not Baker, but uh, you got Quigley. You got E.G. Montgomery, E.J. Montgomery. Then you come Wendell. Uh, excuse me. Look at me. I'm still invading Duke into everything. Look, Baker. I said Baker. That Baker, and I'm thinking of another, but it's two Bakers. You got Jamal Baker and you got Joey Baker. So let me get it right. All right, that Baker's gone to the West Coast. Just to get everybody right, Jay Baker is out of here. I mean, he's, he's gone. All right, and I thought he was going to be real good in the system with Kentucky. But now you're looking at a system that could have um, Tyrese Maxey, Ashton Hagens, and Quigley now. And now it's like they're going to – you're not going to get Cooper with this – not with this brand, but you put Quigley at the shooting guard position – I mean, not saying that couldn't work. It just don't make no sense when you got a point guard already there. Roll with it. With Kentucky, Johnny Juzang can no doubt, without a doubt. And, and Kentucky's head, Devin Booker came from Kentucky and was scoring 10 a game off the bench and was a lottery pick. So Kentucky can do it. So, you know, then you're looking at the, the uh, two guards. I mean, looking at the small fours and, and, and Johnny Juzang can make that happen. Over there where the small four is at, if you're looking at Kentucky, you got Khalil Whitney, you got Keon Brooks, and you still got E.J. Montgomery, right? 
But then you can get Johnny Juzang right there. It's not like Johnny Juzang is next. There's nobody going to stop him from being next. Regardless of what happens, nobody's going to stop him from being next. You know, so if you look at all things, you look at the 2020 draft in which Johnny Juzang enters right now. Johnny Juzang could also be a guy that don't come. And then you look on the bench, nobody could score his value. Keon Brooks, I mean, he's not going to, is he going to start over EJ Montgomery? This is what I don't know about the Kentucky squad. Is it going to be Keon playing the four or is he going to back up? And it'll be 6'10 EJ Montgomery, which I think it'll be EJ. You just want that size. I mean, Keon right now, 6'7, 6'8. And um, EJ 6'10". You get Johnny Juzan, you're going with another guy on the three next to Khalil Whitney who's going to get that time at the three. I don't think nobody would be able to take his time. And you go with Johnny Juzang. Johnny would do that. Johnny would sit back with a Kentucky knowing his his whole status would be up and he'll come off the bench and be a scorer. Johnny, there will be, nobody off that bench can score like Johnny Juzang. Nobody. He would get starters minutes. Nick Richards is on that team. I could see certain matchups to where they throw EJ and uh and Johnny and Khalil or you know because EJ can play the five. I mean, I could see a lot. I could see certain lineups where Johnny will get exposed at the three, where he could use the three or the two position. Regardless, you can put a man like that anywhere, and he would he would be a secret weapon. He would be a scary weapon for Kentucky. All right, people are saying that any five stars go on the bench for Duke and Kentucky. They're like, oh, they wouldn't be on the bench. No, he wouldn't be on the bench for certain. You know, I don't think a five star would want to be on the bench for Villanova too much. But they will, but it depends on what type of five star it is. I mean, you know Nova will use you. You know, Jeremiah Robson Earl, or they, they knew the deal. Like, Quinley knew the deal coming in. He just didn't think, like, for one second that, you know, he wouldn't have a chance not to be a point guard. And it was actually a chance that he would have to battle Gillespie. He wanted to definitely be promised that he, he would have had the promise that he was going to be a future point guard for Villanova. That was it. That was that was the bottom line. He was going to be a future point guard for Villanova. And that didn't happen. That wasn't going according to plan at all. So this is where we go to Johnny. Johnny will be on the bench for Kentucky. He wouldn't he wouldn't care. He knew his time would come. He knew he would get the ball. He knew they type of scheme, they type of offense. That's why the offer was given. Everything was shook to, agreed to. Now, what happens when you get to a program? I'm not going, you know. Eventually, we know some people get promised things that don't happen. All right. Um, Brandon Boston for Duke. Look, Florida's impressing him a lot. And that's real. Like, he, and Florida's impressing Brandon Boston a lot. Um. When you look at Brandon Boston, the type of player that Brandon Boston is, Brandon Boston can make things happen in so many ways. And I always say he reminds me of two people. And those two people, those two people are Tracy McGrady and Brandon Ingram. Only because of his, uh, he's slim, you know. He's slim, but he can do a lot. I mean, people talk a lot about that, but this man can still deliver. He's an all-around player. He can play shooting guard. He can play, he can, he can play small forward. He can defend both. He's always been, you, they talk about the Jalen Greens and the RJ Hamptons. They don't talk enough about Brandon Boston. Brandon Boston is one of those guys who's been working hard. He stays consistent. There's nothing else you can really say about it. He's number nine ranked in the nation. You know, pound for pound, as, as they say, for 247, they got him as 12, which is crazy. He's definitely one of the top 10. There's not many people better than Brandon Boston. 
number one player in Georgia. And you're looking at this guy and looking at how he ranks him. You know, you got Jalen Green, and jo- and I think he's better than Joshua Christopher, no doubt. Joshua Christopher is a dog, 100% dog in his DNA, but he's not Brandon Boston. This is Brandon Boston is something. I mean, when the game is being played, Brandon Boston makes it happen. He makes it happen. So, um, you're looking at um, Duke is in Kentucky, both are in, you know, Duke to me right now, just to me, is is the team to, to beat out for him. Um, Auburn is coming. Kentucky is coming. And Florida is coming. And, of course, Alabama wants to be in the way. I mean, but I think the teams to watch out for are Kentucky and Duke and in Florida. I think that's it right there. Auburn's trying real hard, but, you know, Florida's always making a creep, and they're making a good, good impression on him. So Florida, Duke, and Kentucky are the Three top three schools to watch out for. You can throw Auburn, but I don't think they're making a bigger impression than Florida's doing. But Duke and Kentucky. And people have to understand that Sharif Cooper, another thing, these guys are teammates. You can look for Cooper. Now, Auburn couldn't. The only reason I say Auburn is not knocked out. I always say throw him in there, but the top three teams are Florida, Kentucky, and Duke. But Auburn's in there because of the simple fact his boy Cooper there. You think Auburn ain't thinking about putting that duo together? They play on the same AAU team. Putting that duo together. They're one of the best duos, probably the best duo in AAU, you know, right now. I mean, you know, Scotty and Antoine are gone. You know, that's a whole other class. But looking at 2020, there's no duo like Cooper and uh, and Boston. There's no duo on, on the floor like Cooper and Boston. Like, these two guys get down, and you think they're not thinking about it and talking about it. Not saying this is – but that's what makes them a factor. That's what makes Texas Tech a factor for R.J. Hampton. You know, the fact that they want to pair Ramsey and Hampton. That's what makes that a, a factor in itself. But, you know, Kansas for R.J. Hampton is a little different. But we're going to get off of that. But talking about Cooper and talking about Boston. Another guy I want to talk about who I feel like – you know, um, don't get enough attention is the Jalen Johnson factor. Wisconsin is making a serious move, of course. Kentucky is not going to stop making a move, but I just don't see Duke losing track. They don't lose tracks on their guys as a, unless they tend to go the other way or there are programs stronger. Like I said, with Duke, it's always a Kentucky, Villanova, North Carolina situation. You know, and another another school to look at is Gonzaga. If they have a lock on their prospect, they usually don't lose them. And then, you know, you're seeing guys like Arizona and Louisville creep around, and, and Georgia starting to make more noise among people. And we talk about, I want to talk about Joshua Christopher. These are two guys, Johnson and Christopher, who, I'm going to get more and more plug on to see what's going on. I've just been keeping my eye on him. And Georgetown is a very, listen, Georgetown is somebody to look at for Joshua Christopher. Kansas is another school. These two schools are, and then Oregon's always Oregon, Georgetown, Kansas. Those are your schools to look out for. Then eventually I think, you know, Duke or Kentucky or somewhere be, 
But right now it's Oregon, Kansas, and Georgetown. But you got to watch out. Here comes that period. So still is a talented class, no matter if Cooper reclassified, no matter if Isaiah Tide, another guy I want to talk about. Isaiah Tide is one of the best in the nation. And Isaiah Tide is Kentucky right now, 2020 or 2019. It don't even matter. But it just don't look like – I think that whole process is slowing down. For the If he, if he goes to 2019 – He's in North Carolina, but if he stayed in 2020, that's Kentucky. That's Kentucky. All right, it's a whole Jaden Springer. Listen, everybody talk about North Carolina, but Memphis is making their creep on Jaden Springer. You know, and there's no question that they got art. They got a, a Jalen Green coming, and Jalen Green with a Jaden Springer would be awesome. Super awesome. LSU's making more of a climb on Dante because of the tie, Isaiah Tide situation. It's going down like that. Jalen Suggs, listen, my favorite athlete in the whole nation. Dude, he's just a very <laughs> go-hard player. Now, we talk about Gonzaga going after Suggs, which is kind of different, right? They got Strother. They're going at the more of those high active athleticism, them, them high five-star recruits, and that's that's something to look at. Gonzaga, let's see where that goes and how that rides out. Florida's right in their gut, and Georgetown again. Georgetown is going. They're going for it. Kansas, those are teams to watch out for. Gonzaga, Florida, Georgetown, and Kansas. You're going to have to look at these guys and watch out for them big time. Uh, in, the, in the school, I think right now, that it, it's, you know, I mean, it's Kansas. I think Kansas got – Kansas, listen, right now, just in this situation at this time. Kay Cunningham, I already said about Kentucky, and you're going to get a lot more prospect predictions coming up. Right. If, if you don't, if you ain't saw the prospect predictions, go to Facebook, look up Leader Johnson. I'll be releasing them on my writer, writer Leader 247 Twitter page. That link, you'll see my prospect predictions if you haven't saw them yet. But we want to talk about Jalen Green. Some people ain't following on Jalen Green. I'll be getting even more and, and more things going on. You see what's going on during that. Um, Penn State football. I want to get in on that. I just want to, you know, comment on some prospects and what's going on with that even more with Penn State. I mean, Penn State, I just been, you know, even on Villanova football, I kind of laid off. and um, But I got something for y'all, man. I got something for y'all. I got something to tell y'all. I do. I just want to comment on some Penn State work and, and see what's going on. So soon, man, I, listen, I'm going to be back. And we can talk more about just what Penn State got and how special this class getting right here on Follow the Leader, y'all. Out of here. Yeah. Yeah. Follow me, follow me, follow me, and then the flow.
The rhyme gets chosen. Y'all know what that is, youngsters. It's Airbnb and Rock Kim follow the leader, man. That's a classic track. Now listen, um, things I gotta say, I gotta comment on. Um, there are some players. Now this is an alert for Penn State people. Um. Bingley Kamara is a guy that's just got a, a, a Nittany Lions pick for 2020. So that's one guy. Everybody and anybody knows who Bingley Kamara is. Bingley Kamara is a guy who's also being recruited by Ohio State. So no, that's going to be a competition type of thing. And expect him to rise up even more. And there's been a prediction for Penn State. Put in by Fitz, the man, Sean Fitz, uh, 6'2", 200. For, for me to go on him, I remember, you know, talking to him in, about his visit. And uh, he definitely was excited about his Penn State visit. Bingley Kamara, that'll be on Friday more. We just hear about Bingley Kamara. But just to let y'all know, that is a, that, that is a, a prediction that has went in for him. And also... Another guy, Deshaun Jones. Deshaun Jones is a cornerback, three-star cornerback. That also is looked at as a Penn State type uh, player. They got a visit in for him, and a lot of people are saying that Deshaun Jones could be Penn State. Those are two prospects that I'm going to have to do more of my homework on. Can't tell you too much on that. But what I can tell you is about this class. Now, listen, I always said Michael Bowens was going to, it's a lot of these guys was going to go up. I knew Grant Tutank was going to go up. I knew he was going to go up. I knew it. He's one of those type of players, man. I mean, you got to be real. Like, when you get guys early to commit, you don't even really know. And Penn State knows players. You got to see Penn State know these guys. Like he knows these guys. He knows exactly, you know, how these guys are. You know, he knows the potential. And it usually always happens to Quan Robeson. Before he committed, all of a sudden he goes up. Keaton Ellis, a lot of these guys went up, so I just knew it. But it's interesting to tell you who has been making their climb up. Now, Penn State is number seven in the nation by 247. And that's great to have 10 hard commits. So early, and and I'm not saying it, it definitely is when one thing about it when you get commits like that, it's always a chance for a flip. Curtis Jacobs, man, outside linebacker, he's continued to impress more and more. He's a number one recruit. Linebacker LBU has been a it's been a focal point, obviously from last draft from from the last couple of uh, recruiting classes. It's obviously been a, a focal point to get some of the best linebackers in there to enforce the uh, legend that is LBU. Cole Brevard, defensive tackle, 6'3", 305, has been looking real good, man. I mean, this cat can really play. I like his talent. Out of everybody on here, he's probably my best one right now. Him and Bowens are my best prospects, my favorite prospects I like. Brevard's going to give them a beast in there, and they're going to continue to feed Spencer the necessary bodies to go in there, necessary talent, necessary athletes, and necessarily – 
manimals in there to make him go crazy. I mean, they are stacked in that line already, and they're constantly adding people. Derek Wingo, I like Derek Wingo. That's another game. Derek Wingo is a real good player to get. He's going to be a playmaker at linebacker. They're going to make sure they got people to rotate at a regular basis. Penn State is not there yet, but this is the year they start getting to their point to where they start rotating nothing but good players. From here on, you're going to see every guy after that is a good, real good player, real good playmaker, real good. You know, Aaron Parks, offensive tackle. I like how Franklin and, and, and that team continues to recruit good, big, high-rated Offensive lineman to keep it moving. See, remember, like Franklin had to create his culture, and it's hard here to create a culture and win. That eleven and three season was the start. He had eleven and two season. Like, you know, you have to. Then you got this season when you had to go into all the young bucks, and McSorley was like the only elder statesman besides Sharif Miller. Like there were some other guys, but those were the two leaders. And you go and you look, and it's like. You know, it takes hard for guys that are young to win where there was more experienced guys. Joshua Moten, at the time, he was my favorite, you know, but it's, it's been going. And he's, that's another thing, you know, when you got guys like Cole Brevard and Joshua Moten, I mean, when you see him get that cornerback, just like with Keaton Ellis, I mean, they continue to really be under the radar. The thing that's under the radar is this cornerbacks and defensive backs they continue to recruit. When you look at their defense, their, their defensive backs are always in the midst. They're always playmakers. They're always dogs. And Moulton is no different. No different. Four-star. Grant Tutan, here you go. Four-star now. When he was with them, he was a three-star at first. Now he's a four-star. 6'6", 315, almost 6'7". He's going to be a monster in there when he gets his chance. Micah Bowens. It's only a matter of time before he becomes a four-star. He is too exciting. This guy is too exciting. Just let him play. By the time he has another this season coming up, he's going to show people what he's about. I, I believe that he's probably their best athletic quarterback they had in a minute. You're looking at now Michael Johnson. Let me take it. Michael Johnson's one. But the way Mike Bo, Michael Bowens makes plays is something else. The way he moves on his feet. Him and Michael Johnson. Let me take him and Michael Johnson are some unbelievable playmakers. But Bowens doing it at his size is special. R.J. Adams, another guy. 63315. Once again, Golden Israel at Chumba. He's these are two guys. 64330, 63315. Two guys. Top 20 in the top 20, top 30 in guards in the nation. I wouldn't be surprised if Golden went up to a four-star. RJ Evans is a good one, but Golden's a guy to watch out for that can go to a four-star. Nick Dawkins. I remember talking to him and how excited he was to get his, his Penn State off and how good he loved the facility. 6'4", 300. Another guard. They got three in the top 50. He's another impressive player. So you get guys, they know they can develop guys who are three stars. You just need to be scared when they get four stars and up. You know, this is a good team and they can do a lot with the football. And, um, this 2020 class is nowhere near done yet. It's a lot they're going to do with this 2020 class. It's continuing to get other players, put them on there, stack more players up, and then, you know, they're still keeping their eye on the big fish, which is Julian Fleming. Talk more about Penn State um, coming up Friday, especially the basketball, because I got to get so much into that. Jesus, I got to get into that. Um, Villanova. 
basketball is um is one guy I wanted to really touch bases on is Eric Dixon. Y'all gotta watch out for Eric Dixon, man. Eric Dixon has all the skills to be a five star. He always, to me, was one. Even Duke was recruiting him, and I think sometimes. You know, Duke of Kentucky will lay off a four-star if he ain't a five-star. They got such a, a criteria to keep up. And some guys are so good, but they have to be five-stars. I mean, for real, look at it. Look how many four-stars really get their chance to play at Duke and Kentucky. You know, and now Villanova is going to have a potential Big East player of the year. All four of those, these guys can become – they had the potential to be conference players of the year. If you look at Brandon Slater and Swider, like – it's a deep team, so it's going to be real, real interesting. But Eric Dixon is the man. He's just been – he's did it all. You look at any of the guys this year with any team, any recruit, any ranking, whether James Wiseman, Eric Dixon has dominated his area, his competition. He's impressed in any type of uh, basketball. He's the real deal, the absolute real deal. So I'm out of here, y'all. Uh, listen, follow the leader, man. Follow me on Writer Leader 247. And follow me at writer Lita Johnson on Instagram and um, like my Facebook page, Lita Johnson, which I'm going to have my prospect predictions. They'll be coming up soon. Out of here, y'all. Love y'all. Follow the leader. I'm a